Praise God. Praise God. God is doing something great in this place again tonight. Amen. I want to go to the Lord right now in His Word. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. I'll be reading from the NLT, Proverbs 14 and 4. How many of you are ready to see God truly just blow our minds See new souls baptized in Jesus' name. Come on. Not just somebody that's chosen greater life that came from somewhere else, but I'm talking about somebody fresh, somebody new, somebody that just a moment ago filled with the Holy Ghost for the very first time. You want to see some more of that? Amen. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4 in the NLT says, Without oxen... A stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Look at your neighbors say, are you a strong ox? Some of you husbands better be careful tonight. Tonight, for just a little while, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I do not plan on being long tonight, but I do want to preach to you what I feel the Lord has given me for Greater Life Church, for our mindset moving forward, get our eyes fixed on the field. Amen. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject, the cost of a clean stable. The cost of a clean stable. Father, we love you tonight, God. We thank you for your presence that is in this place. We thank you for what we've already felt today. God, surely your hand is upon us and you are with us. God, I pray right now that there would be a shifting in our hearts and in our minds. God, there are people beyond these walls that need to hear your word. God, they need to be blood-bought. Oh, and filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. God, I pray right now that there would be a willingness. God, that would come over this place. God, and that we would do the work that needs to be done for your glory. God, I pray right now you would anoint these lips of clay, God, and that you would have your way tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You can be seated tonight. Without the oxen, not only is there not anything to be done with the ground, but it also has something to do with the future. It means that there will not be anything to reap. Later on from the work that would typically be produced in the ground. Now we have tractors and backhoes and shovels and things that would help us in this endeavor. But in this day and time without the oxen, you were not getting very much accomplished. The ox, it was the strongest animal around. It was the harvesting animal. Without the strength of the ox, there would be no harvest. What would take loads of donkeys and horses and men to do? The ox easily by himself could accomplish such a task. The ox, while no doubt, is nothing to gaze upon. It is not a pet. It is not something to show off. The ox is big. It is strong. It is noticeable. If you have an area that is well taken care of and clean and spotless, 
The last thing you would think about having is an ox. If you want a clean crib, an ox is not for you. But there is a cost in not having an ox. There is a price to pay for not having that one that will get to work. That one that will labor. That one that is willing to get dirty and to get the job done. There is a cost to have one that is saying, I have got to do what I have got to do. I've got to be involved in the work of God. I have got to be involved in the field. I have got to be involved in reaching somebody. The question tonight is, are you willing to pay the cost of a clean stable? We sometimes get too accustomed to how we like things. We have our flow our opinions, our clicks, our songs, our seat, our parking spot. And we say we want revival. We say we want new souls. But what some really want is more just like us so that it doesn't mess up our scene. Our stable stays clean. We have things the way that we like it and for someone else to show up might just throw a kink in my plan. Somebody might just get the Holy Ghost right in the middle of song service while we're trying to have announcements and take up an offering. Somebody might just receive their healing when they lifted their hands and begin to praise God. Something might happen when an ox shows up and work gets done that typically wouldn't happen if you had a clean stable. We have things the way we like it and we don't want anyone messing up our plans. Let's just be honest tonight. Oxen, they are sometimes an inconvenience. Oxen are easily noticeable. They are not as put together as you want them to be. They're not as perfect as some of you want them to be. They're not the Palomino horse or the Mustang. They're not the beautiful Clydesdale. They may not be graceful to your standard, but you hear me if we want to see the revival that God has in store for greater life. We better go ahead and get over our clean stable. We better get over having everything just perfect and just right and say, God, if there's some things that's got to get messed up, we want revival. God, if there's something that's got to happen in this place, if you've got to twist my mind and my heart and my attitude, God, bring in whoever you want to bring in. Mess up my plans. Change my plans. We want revival. We want the harvest that you have for us, God. We might as well get used to the fact that there are some oxen that I'm going to be laboring in the field with. And without them, without these oxen, we are going to have a hard time reaching the harvest that God has. We can't say people don't respond this way. We can't say that we don't ever have this attitude in the church. For Luke 7:37 said, And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. We're going to go ahead and call her what she was. She was a sinner. And when she knew that Jesus said at me in the Pharisee's house, the one that was clean and spotless and they lived by the law and they lived by God's rule book and they had everything just the way it needed to be done. They, everything was perfect. 
And then this sinner shows up on the scene with her box of alabaster and that ointment. And she went and she said, you know what? I, I, I don't know what your protocol is. I, I don't know what, what's supposed to happen when I feel the presence of God. I don't know how I'm supposed to act and respond when I come to an apostolic church. But all I know is there is a man over there that I must worship. There's somebody over there that I've got to have. Who cares about protocol? Who cares about what I'm supposed to to do right now. I've got to praise that I've come to pour out on him. I've come to give him all the praise that he's worthy of. It says that she stood at his feet behind him, weeping, washing his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. But then those Pharisees, which had bidden him saw it there was one over there and he spake within himself saying if he were a prophet he would have known who and what manner of woman she was that toucheth him for she is a sinner there was one sitting in the back saying who do they think they are up there worshiping who do they think they are coming in and acting like they know how we do things around here who are they to walk into our clean stable with their sinfulness and their messed up life and their problems that they've been facing all week and bringing that in here I'll tell you who it is it's somebody that God is saying you leave them alone You leave them alone. I'm calling those to come. I'm the one that's been reaching out for her. I'm the one that's been ministering to her. You don't worry about what they look like. You don't worry about where they've been. If Jesus is telling them to come, you ought to say, you know what? Who cares if my house gets messed up? Who cares if she comes in acting crazy? Maybe I ought to start acting crazy with her. Maybe I ought to get on my knees and start praying. Maybe I ought to start working. Worshiping and breaking my alabaster box and giving him praise. Mark and Matthew, they say that, that those Pharisees had indignation or what is translated, they were angered and annoyed that someone had come in causing such a scene, wasting precious oil. Who does this ox think they are coming into our stable and messing things up? Who does this new guy think he is showing up to the front responding that way? I wonder how many oxen are out there tonight that are being tugged by God. But the last time they walked into a church, they were judged. They were mocked and ridiculed. They didn't look the part. They didn't act the part. And they were definitely not clean. So they were discarded and ignored. Oh, they were greeted. Somebody shook their hand, but they were not welcomed. So they left. I wonder how many souls are still out there praying. My Lord, if there was ever an ox, it was Saul. The Bible says, but God began to speak to a man named Ananias. And God told him in Acts 9, I want you to go and inquire of a man named Saul, for he prayeth. He's out there praying. I've already shown him who's coming. I've already reached out to him. I've already begun a work in his heart. He's 
just waiting on you to show up. He's waiting on you to forget about your clean stable. He's waiting on you to go out and say, Saul, I'm here. I've heard your cry. I've heard that you've been praying and I have come to help you tonight. Ananias, he responded how we often respond. Well, Lord, I've heard through the gossip chain. I've heard through the rumor mill some bad stuff about this guy. I've seen his social media pages. I've I've heard some things on the news about him. And this man, I I want you to know he's an ox. He's not very pretty to look upon. And he causes trouble. He tears up land everywhere he goes. He's done a lot of evil. He has caused problems. Why are we letting him into our clean stable? And the Lord says in verse 15, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. Ananias wasn't arguing anymore. He says, I'm going to use this guy to bear my name, Ananias, before the Gentiles, before kings, and before the children of Israel. And the Bible says, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house of Saul and putting his hands on him said, you dirty, rotten, no good sinner, you piece of trash, you no good, lousy human being. No, he said, brother Saul, brother Saul, the Lord Even Jesus that appeared unto thee, he hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight. Not only does he want you to have vision again, not only does he want you to see again, but he said he wants you part of the team. And so now I'm going to lay hands on you and you're going to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that they prayed and God filled them with the spirit. Verse 18, immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight for with and arose and was baptized. Verse 20, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, hold on just a minute. Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this very same name he's now preaching of in Jerusalem? Is this not the same guy that was a dirty, rotten sinner, that was persecuting the church? Is this not the same guy? Is this not the ox that we all know? Oh, yes, this is the same ox that we all know. And now God is using him. The Bible says Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving That this is very Christ. Only God could do something like this. This is so something God would do. He would take the one that was opposing him. And he would make him switch teams. And be the one that is going to blaze the trail for so many. He's going to take this man and use him for his glory. The Bible says that after many days were fulfilled, the Jews' council wanted to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night, 
the church, the people of God. And they led him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. He looked different. He acted different. He talked different. He was different. He wasn't the one that they used to know. Something had happened, but they couldn't quite put their finger on it just yet. And the Bible says that they were afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. So Barnabas took him and he brought him to the apostles and he declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, if you've got to get another Saul in this place, God, and win them so that they will go out and begin speaking boldly and they will go and get in arguments with people and give them the love of Jesus and share with a positive way the love of Christ and to speak the truth in love and say, you know what, I've been converted, I've been changed, and I'm here to tell you it's all because of Him. It's all because of Jesus. I'm not afraid to say His name, Jesus. I'm not afraid to tell you what made the difference. Jesus. I'm not afraid to tell you what got a hold of me. It was Jesus. Sure, it's nice not having to worry about the potential problem that come with an ox like Saul. But without it, you're not going to reap the harvest that is there for the taking. Don't you forget what it was like when you were an outcast. Don't forget where God brought you from. Some of us are not Jesus enough to know what it's like to be born in a stable. Some of us don't know what it's like to live a life that way and come into church. We were born in this. We were spoon fed it our whole lives. We did not have to come that way. But there are pastors missionaries, Sunday school teachers, ushers, singers, Bible study teachers, youth pastors, saints all over this precious world that came out of the world. They said, I, I've got to get in this house. I've got to get in this stable. I, I don't want to mess anything up, but I've got to have what you have. And God, I pray tonight that there would be some more that would come, some more pastors that would be risen from the world some more ox that are out there that are going to come in and set the world ablaze you see there are some that haven't always been this way but thank God someone drove a bus to pick somebody up every Sunday morning a precious child who couldn't get there on their own their moms and dads wouldn't take them to church any of you ever been a bus kid would you raise your hand if you were a bus kid I see several in the house. Thank God that there was somebody 
that just put the keys in the ignition, put it in drive, drove down the seat and picked up a child and drove them to the house of God. Thank God that somebody reached out to you at your job and told you about Jesus and told you about the goodness of God and told you how you could come out of a life of sin into a life of blessing and prosperity and salvation. Thank God for someone that saw the cost of a clean stable and they said, I don't want it. I don't want the clean stable. I want a harvest. I want revival. I want souls saved. I want to see new converts. I want to see them filling our baptistry up. I want us to have to order two baptistries because there's so many lined up. We don't have the time. We can't pay the water bill because we're filling the baptistry up. I want to see souls saved at all costs. It may mess up my plan. It may mess with my agenda. But God, I want it at all costs. Thank God, Sister Kilgore stepped over drunk parents on a Sunday morning to see that a precious child could escape being out there and brought into a stable. Thank God there were some willing that said, you know what? They are going to be world changers. They may not be loud. They may not be the most talented singer or musician. They may never preach behind a pulpit. But I have never seen anybody work the field like they do. I have never seen anyone bust up that hard ground, bust up that hard heart like they do because they can go and speak and say, I know where you're at. I know where you're at right now. I've been there. I know what you're going through. Let me just tell you what God did for me. Let me show you how I was on my way to Damascus. I was on my way to do harm. And then a light shone from above and something got a hold of me and would not let me go and God forgave me he changed me and he gave me a new name thank you oxen for working in the field thank you for your willingness to go out and witness on the field thank you for serving in the field we can't do it without you without that ox there would have been a lot of wasted harvest you hear me tonight There are going to be some that are going to walk through these doors. They may not look like you. They may not talk like you. They may be a different color than you. They may not have as much money as you. They may not be the same age as you. They might not like the same things that you. They are going to come into this place. And they're going to have a smell on them that is the smell of the field. They're going to be out there in that place. Outside of these four walls. And they're going to come. And they're going to mess up our sweet little poor clean stables and they might stumble every now and then they may make mistakes every now and then they might be a bull in a china closet when they get here but I invite them openly tonight I pray they would come and I pray they come in the masses I pray a whole church would get a hold of this and they would bust through our doors one night saying what must we do to be saved we've been at the church down the road but God has been leading us to this place now tell me what do we got to do to be saved 
I pray they would come in and start converting their friends. Left, you can stand. I pray we see the day that there are more in our building that do not look like us than there are those that do look like us. And you say, well, are, are you getting rid of holiness? Or, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm thankful for that. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for something real. They're looking for something that changes you. You better keep living the way you're living. You better quit talking the way that you are and lift your hands and say, I'm not ashamed. I'm sorry I've been acting like I am, but I'm not tonight. I've come to stand and say, I, I'll accept you. I want you messing up my stable. I pray they would come in by the masses. I pray we see the day that there are so many that don't look like us. We don't want a clean stable. I don't want everybody in here looking the same. I don't want everybody in here looked and saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I want somebody in here that's hungry for God. I want somebody in here that's desperate for a move of God. More than I want a clean stable, I want a harvest. God said he needs some laborers. He needs some oxen that are willing to get to work. He needs some disciple makers that will get with those oxen that are coming in. And say, I'll put my hand to the plow and you start pulling. You plant the seeds and you start watering. Let's all do this together. Let's all reap a harvest. Let's all see God do something great. They may not get their act together and stop everything cold turkey like some of you may want them to. But they are an asset to the kingdom of God. They are a vessel he is wanting to use. They're going to win their friends. Drug addicts are going to come into this place and be saved. And they're going to go win more drug addicts. Alcoholics are going to come into this place. And they're going to be delivered. And they're going to walk outside these doors. And they're going to come in with ten more alcoholics. And saying, alright God, do for them what you did for me. Change their life like you changed my life. God, mess us all up. Change us, oh God. Jesus said he did not come for the well. He did not come for the ones that have it all together, the ones that are perfect. The, he said he came for the broken, the sick, the hurting, the weary. He came for the lost one. He came for the ox that's out there in the field that we need right now. It was said at General Conference this week, your next Sunday school director could be drunk somewhere tonight. Your next music director could be high somewhere tonight and doesn't even know his name. The next great evangelist could be dealing with suicidal thoughts somewhere right now. You ought to pray and pray that God would bring them in. God has purpose for them. God has a plan for them. I know it may not be convenient, but we can't afford 
a clean stable. We can't afford to not have revival. We can't afford to not see those saved. Some of us have family that are outside of these walls and loved ones outside of these walls that you pray to God that they would find a church that would welcome them in, that they would find a church that they could mess up that pretty beautiful stable and come in stumbling and say, oh, I've been a wayward son for too long. Can can I come into this stable? Is there room for me here? Can I come here? Oh, you hear me? Uh, You hear me? An ox, it may be inconvenience, but it's worth it for the harvest. We've got to see souls saved. We've got to see our loved ones come back to God. Don't forget that you too were once a stranger. You too used to be a drug addict, an alcoholic, an addict of some kind or another, a liar, a cheater. You were once one of those people, whether you were raised in church or not, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God said in Exodus 23 and 9, Thou shalt not oppress a stranger. When they come in, don't you dare point your finger at them. Don't you dare ridicule them for what they're going through and where they're at. He said, thou shalt not oppress a stranger, for you know the heart of a stranger, seeing you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You know what it's like to stumble. You know what it's like to hurt. You know what it's like to be in a situation where you feel like the whole world is against you. I pray tonight that we would get our eyes on the field again. He said, the harvest is plentiful. It's abundant. It's more than you can even imagine. It's more than our building can contain. It's plentiful. Do I have an oxen in the house tonight? Do you remember how to be that wrecking force for God? Do you remember why it is we do what we do? I want our prayer tonight to be, Lord, lead me to that lost soul. Lord, lead me to that lost soul. God, I want to say somebody saved. I want to see them used by God. I want to see my family saved, my loved ones saved. God, you do whatever you've got to do. I want the harvest. I want revival. I pray you would take the hand of the person beside you and bring them to an altar tonight and say, we're going to do this together. You pull and I'll push. You plant and I'll water. Let's do what we've got to do. To see that we see some souls saved. Oh, pray with somebody right now. Pray that God would refill us with a fresh passion. A fresh desire to see souls saved.